The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time roma craft tobacco the after show the after show the after show the after show not bad <laughs> not bad not as feminine as usual. No, no, no. Right. It isn't. After last time doing the high pitched voice, uh, yeah, I'm going low. You look like you got a tan right now. Yeah, I live yeah. outside. Live outside. Hundred degrees. All right, it is. And I'm outside. There's a heat wave going on, folks. There's a heat wave, uh, and here it is Wednesday, and it's still going on. It's been week, weeks now. I'm I think not, I think it not. cooled down a tiny bit. Oh yeah, yeah, By not Wednesday. a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you know what has not cooled down is the excitement of the uh, PCA. Uh, it's still going on. People are still talking about things that they saw. But one of the things um, I was interested in until I got to the trade show was an old cigar brand that, when I tell you an old cigar brand, I'm going back 20 years ago anyway, maybe 30, um, of a brand called Cuba Aliados, uh, which later... Um, they're calling it just Aliados, but it was Cuba Aliados at the time. And I just wanted to bring everybody up onto, um, you know, what, what that brand is, what's it all about. Um, you know, we did not buy it for the show, hmm. at the show. And uh, it, because were, I, were there know, samples out there or no? Uh, th- maybe, I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't, you know. I never so got. A lot of times you'll come back from the show and I'm angry you didn't get something. Yeah. I'm not angry. So let, let me get, get you down to what I was thinking and early excitement about it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I said, no, I'm not going to play this game. Uh, this brand actually, Cuba Aliado, started out as a private label for Lou Rothman in New York City in a company called JR Cigars. When I say started out as, it started out and continued all these years, it was never a brand for stores. It was a private label. And uh, it's it actually started out as a guy that was making JR specials. And these were like no-name cigar brands that they sold. Um, and um, they were made in Union City, New Jersey by Rolando Reyes. And they had a little bodega uh, mm-hmm. cigar-making shop in uh, Union City, New Jersey, and the guy would make cigars there and sell them off to one person, Lou Rothman, and Lou Rothman would sell them cheap to his customers as no-name cigars, basically. And it's weird. I had an office in Union, New Jersey, and I never knew this. Really? So I just learned something. Yeah. So Rolando and his son, Rolando Jr., and I'll get to him in a little while, uh, would produce as many cigars uh, as they could and sell them to just one person, 
Lou Rothman and mm. sold them in the store, and that was it. That's what um, this whole brand consisted of. Um, again, they were known as JR Specials. Uh, later, Reyes wanted the cigar to have a name, so he called it Cuba Aliados, Cuban Allies, uh, cooperating um, with another for military purposes, you know, with that, that exact meaning. So was the guy a um, communist? I don't know. It, it makes you wonder. Like, I never knew that was a translation either, but that seems like it would piss off most of Miami. But it wasn't in Miami. Right. It was done in, in, in New York City. Yeah. And here it was just there. Weird name, if you ask me. Weird name all, all along. So Cuba Aliados uh, is there, still sold to one retailer uh, per an agreement that they had had, even though they had used a name. No band, by the way. Hmm. When it became a name brand, there was no band to it either. That later came uh, as time went on. Um, and they were now operating a catalog, the JR catalog. Today, that JR company is owned by Altadis, uh, the owners of Romeo and Juliet, uh, a Chapman, Monte Cristo, just to name a few. But in those those days, this guy Lou Rothman owned it, and they had a whole bunch of brand names um, and a, a whole bunch of different types of guys under his catalog brands. Uh, along comes 1992. And the launch of Cigar Aficionado magazine. And uh, that brought highlight to some oddball brand names, especially with Cigar Aficionado operating out of New York. They saw certain brands that we didn't see around the country. Right. For the longest time, they were buying their cigars from one shop in New York City. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. It was Lou Rothman's shop. Yes. So they saw brands that we, even as cigar retailers, I was in the business at the time, we didn't have access to those cigars, know anything about those cigars, because it was only for that guy's cigars. Uh, and all of a sudden, that brand is starting to get some attention uh, as Puros Indios, as, I'm sorry, as um, Cubaliados. In 1995... They actually rate a brand called Puros Indios, and it gets multiple 90-plus ratings uh, in their magazine, and that includes for their giant $6 pyramid, and not out of Union City, New Jersey, but out of Honduras. So, okay, what's up with this cigar? Now, it was supposedly going out to just 12 cigars in the nation. And none of them were JR. And I hear of this, that this is Rolando Reyes. This is 1995 now. And I'm interested. <clears throat> and I remember it had a, 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 a bright green band. Yes. Which was kind of unheard yep. of outside of Green, green was a loser color. Yep. Um, but some odd shapes. And when you look at the shapes, the shapes actually mirrored Cubaliados. So here was this giant pyramid number one, pyramid number two, different sizes that they end up having, but they mimic the same sizes. And going out to 12 retailers, well, let me change that to 13 retailers, because I made a phone call back in 1995, and I said, I need in on the cigar. 
Uh, again, hearing about it as a different name, but what's up with this? So I become um, customer number 13, and I get it on the initial launch day of it. It becomes 90-plus rated uh, and becomes uh, a, a big, huge seller, actually, mm-hmm. at the time. We're talking about a beefy, fuller-bodied Honduran cigar at the time. Now, remember, Union City, New Jersey is making Cuba aliados. Mm-hmm. And selling them all to one person, and Honduras now is making lots more because they're selling to thirteen retailers. Although I would say none of us thirteen was as big as as the mm-hmm. one they were selling in New Jersey for sure. Um, but here, the attention now goes to Puros Indios. And I remember when that cigar was rated, <coughs> and, and, and not to poo poo all over a cigar, but I remember the first time I smoked it, how underfilled it was. Ah, I don't know if you remember that. But I remember it being a loosely packed cigar that was very popular. Well, again, this is 1995, and the worst of the worst. Um, it was the worst time to smoke cigars. So they were giving a 90 rating to a cigar <laughs> that probably didn't deserve a 90 rating, but it was probably the, some of the best stuff that was out there, as bad as maybe it was. Uh, again, I don't remember. I remember... Um, frankly, that it was strong uh, mm-hmm. for me. And I know that that's not a, a big, oh, my God, strong for you, Dave. <clears throat> but in those days, everything was weak as can be. It was either under-fermented, and people would call it strong, but mm-hmm. uh, this one had some oomph to it, as Gloria Cubana right. had. So there were the two, um, you know, man's man type of cigars that were smoked at that time. Right, and I think they played a big part in the way cigars changed to a degree because it went from mild, mild, and... Now they saw these medium, medium plus full body cigars getting high ratings in aficionado. And I think some of the other factories followed suit saying, hey, maybe there's a market for this. They were maybe the first people that they would clarify their cigars by color. And when I tell you overdid it, there was Claro. There was Double Claro. There was Claro Colorado. There was Colorado. There was Colorado Maduro. There was Maduro. There was Oscuro. There was a Double Maduro, Double Oscuro Maduro. Oh, my God. You didn't know what the hell you were going to get. Yeah. And each one of them said on the uh, – and for the retailer, the, the nightmare of the customer come in, do you have any Colorado Claro? And I got, I got Claro. Well, I got – Claro, Claro, no, Colorado, I have Colorado, no, Colorado, Claro. And it was like, okay, this is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Open them up. Well, Punch went down that track for a while yeah. with their Rothschilds, and yeah. all of a sudden there's all these kinds, yeah. you know? yeah. It, 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 and I remember even calling them up and telling them, okay, enough of this. Just pick three colors and let's go with this. This is a, There's nine of them. This is insane. I, I think they jumped the shark with the Rosado one. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, they were made by a man named Rolando Reyes and Rolando Reyes, uh, will go down as maybe one of the top, uh, cigar blenders of the time. People talk about him as, um, you know, one of the, um, last greats that was out there. Um, were they the same cigars that were made out of New Jersey now in Honduras under a different name? Um, some people, including Lou Rothman, would argue absolutely this was the same exact cigar, and um, um, it was his way around the deal 
that Rolando made with them that says, we'll take all the cigars. Uh, again, remember, there's a shortage going on at that time, so everybody's yelling and suing everybody over every single thing. I want these, but here's this company that says, okay, we got a, a different brand, and this is going to go to everybody else. We're not going to just be to one person. Well, at least they used a different factory for it. Correct, <laughs> correct. So lawsuits begin. Reyes said he never got paid by Rothman. This is why he had was forced to uh, end up <clears throat> end up having a different brand. That, that seems believable. Well, not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's what he did say. But later on, um, Reyes found that his son uh, accused of embezzling money from the father because apparently the bills were paid, and the son huh. the bills bills were never paid. The son stole it. Huh. <clears throat> and I remember when I got into the cigar industry, that was a big underlying story about father and son not really getting along. Something bad now, happened. Now I know the backstory. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it comes full circle to me. How do I get involved in this um, story? Um, again, I'm lucky enough to be in the number 13 after they announced it was only going to be 12 they let me in at 13 i was very very grateful um that i was allowed into that group i was selling a lot of cigars uh i wasn't receiving everything i ordered nobody was again the cigar boom was going on yep. um but it helped put me on the map as a cigar shop because i certainly was the only one in boston getting mm. it so um in those days, the uh, cigar aficionado put on the big smokes, and they did them all across the country. One place they did them was in Boston. And here it is coming up that the big smokers in Boston. I look at the list of people that's going to be there, and one of them is Rolando Reyes Jr. <clears throat> and the, um, the Puros Indios brand, mm -hmm. which I was the only one in the area that had it. So I said, I'm definitely going. I'm going to say thank you to him. Um, and um, so I went actually with a whole bunch of customers from the mm. store. We got a whole busload of people, and we're going to go there together. Um, I get up to his booth, and there he was. And I take a look at him and never met him before in my life. And I said, uh, Rolando, my name is David Garofalo. It's nice to meet you when I extend my hand. And he goes, you, I know who you are. You hmm. tried to fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is the conversation that happens. Wow. And I said, no, no, no. I said, my name is David Garofalo. I'm a retailer um, in Boston called Two Guys Smoke Shop. Um, I came to say thank you for you sell me um, Puros Indios. And he said, I know exactly who you are. Wow. And then continues to tell me that I'm looking to have his wife. Did you have some of your customers with you at the time? I did. <laughs> I'm my, assuming you're denying all these allegations? Completely. Okay. <laughs> so um, my, my eyes are popped out of my head because I, I, he definitely has me mixed up with somebody else. And then I correct him and let him know exactly who he is. But now he knows I know exactly who you are. Right. Yes, you are trying to have sex with my wife. Huh. Was she at least hot? I have no idea. I've never met the woman in my life. So um, this is 1996. Hmm. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And he said, you sent my wife flowers. And I did. Oh. 
I didn't send his wife flowers. I sent the family flowers on either Easter or Thanksgiving, whichever had come up, because I did get that account. As I told yeah. you, I'm number 13. They said they were stopping at 12. Right. They let me in. <clears throat> Fast forward, I start selling the cigars. Right. Oh, my God, it like put me on the map. And here they were in New Jersey. The holiday was coming up, and I got the address, and I sent um, either Easter or Thanksgiving, whatever it was. Right. I think it was Easter, a bouquet of centerpieces, centerpiece for the mm-hmm. – to their table or something, right. and I said, thank you for including me in here. Uh, have a wonderful holiday, blah, blah, blah. Right. David, the two guys smoke shop, thanking them for uh, <laughs> selling cigars to me because the boom was going on, and you would actually thank people for selling you cigars. Right. Not they would thank you. It was the opposite in those days. So he takes it as he sees the flowers. Yeah. He sees my name on it. Yeah. I'm trying to... Make Stupid love his wife. Him. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh, my God, you idiot. I said to him, <laughs> I said, uh, I sent flowers for the holiday. Thank you. Happy Easter to right. your family. Right. No, you didn't. You're trying to have sex with her, <laughs> whatever. And I go, you are out of your mind. And I look at him, and his eyes are, like, pinned. Wow. And I'm looking, and I go, all right, this guy's messed up. Yeah. Loco. Yeah. So I said, okay, um, we're all set. And I, I said, I'll never get another box of cigars mm-hmm. from him, I'm figuring. And then the next order came in like two weeks mm-hmm. later. Nothing ever happened, nor did I ever have a conversation with him ever again. But things were starting to happen where the grandfather found out he wasn't paying his bills. <clears throat> the brand was taken away. We heard lots of things that yeah. were going on along the way. Uh, also with Lou Rothman suing them right. over this. You know, I'm kind of I'm glad glad nothing happened because now all I'm envisioning my head is if something did happen, maybe he was the model for the chief. Oh, ah. no, that was a big giant cigar. <laughs> let, let me ask you this: uh, If it had come down to blows, would you have had the strength to defeat him? Uh, strength and character is what I would have to win. It's time for incredible feats of strength, brought to you by Camacho Cigars. For six decades, Camacho have been working hard to build the best damn cigar around, and they have gotten through it all by sticking to their vision. The strength to do anything they set their hand to. Camacho Cigars. After setting a joint world record earlier in the night with a 465 kilogram, which is 1,025 pounds, lift, Eddie Hall attempted the half ton, which made him the first person in history to deadlift 500 kilograms. However, blood vessels in his brain burst, uh. sending the blood cascading, cascading from his nose, ears, and tear ducts. Huh. He confessed to having problems with memory recall for weeks afterwards and was unable to remember his children's names. Wow. Was it worth it? No. No. <laughs> I don't know what year that was, but it'd be interesting to where is he now type of thing. And speaking of Camacho, uh, I want to remind you that Camacho has the Bold Burger Battle. It is Thursday, August 4th, 2022 at 6 p.m. right here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Representing the Cigar Authority will be Mr. Jonathan. Uh. He said he will not do his meatball version. It's going to be a burger that we'll be proud of. 
Is it going to be a turkey burger? Nope. It's going to be a meat burger, and we're going to be happy and proud. But there won't be bread, right? There'll be bread and everything. He's going to make it even though he won't eat it. He won't eat it. Do you trust the chef who won't eat his own food? Well, we're going to see because he's going against Johnny Maggs representing Pit Life Barbecue, the podcast immediately following the Ashholes on Tuesday. Johnny Mag knows a good burger when he sees one. And he says this isn't going to even be oh, a competition. We need to talk to Johnny Mag. Somebody had requested he come on the Ash Holes for an episode. Ah, all right. Let's do that. Let's do that. And he can, he can hype up the burger challenge. Sure. So it's burger versus burger for twenty nine ninety nine. Your ticket includes three Camacho cigars, a sample of both burgers, a sample of coconut cartel barbecue sauce, chocolate-covered bacon, coconut cartel rum pairing, and one vote to see which burger is best. You'll also get a raffle ticket because somebody that night will win the M16 Grill giveaway. Hmm. Beautiful $1,000, depends where you look, $2,000 grill, uh, and it's going to be given away that night. Your odds are unbelievable. What, what a unbelievable deal this whole thing is. Twenty nine ninety nine. get your tickets before they sell out. It's not going to be Good price. I, I'm in just for the chocolate-covered bacon. There we go. <laughs> So back to um, Cuba Aliados, a brand that I saw at the trade show and decided against it. Um, why? <clears throat> well, it continues to not make sense to me, this whole Cuba Aliado brand. Oliva is a cigar maker out of Nicaragua. Right. We know them, right? Mm-hmm. This is not yeah. the tobacco growers. This is the cigar makers. They make cigars. Arguably, the hottest place to make cigars today in the world is... Nicaragua. Uh, Absolutely, the cheapest place to make cigars right now is Nicaragua. And here you have Oliva, who bought the trademark of Puros Indios and Cuba Aliados. Well, if it was Puros Indios, I have a history of Puros Indios, and I probably would want to try it, sell it. There's something to it. Although it was a long time ago, I'm telling you, ancient history, uh, 30-year-old history, but I I wanted to bring you up to speed on it, getting you to where I was of why am I not carrying it. Oliva pays uh, one of his competitors, not in Nicaragua, but in the Dominican Republic, E.P. Carrillo, Um, which was a competitor to that brand, by the way. I told mm-hmm. you there was full, not many full-bodied brands, and one of them was La Gloria Cubana, which was E.P. Carrillo. This was his competitor out of Honduras at the time. They get Oliva pays his competitor in the DR, E.P. Carrillo, to make his version of Aliados. Right. 15,000 boxes for 2022, five sizes from 14 to 15.50 apiece. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? What could the possible reason be? And we'll get into conspiracy theories yeah. and stuff on the conspiracy theory. To me, it makes no sense at all. No, because now somebody smokes this cigar and they're like, oh, wow, I really like this. This is made by EPC. Oh, let me go check out their portfolio that you potentially took a whole bunch of business away from you to have somebody else make them. Yeah. So they must be making the other version themselves. So does the second version. Oliva pays another competitor, this time in Honduras. Uh-huh. That was a competitor at the time. Uh, Julio Araroa to make another version of it. Again, five sizes, uh, 10 to $12 a piece, uh, called the original blend, 
Which it is not, by the way. No. Which it is not the original blend at all. And I go, this is just all false. <laughs> Everything here is false. Of it has nothing to do with nothing to do with the person that has nothing to do with that person. Mm. And the, I don't know. I, I, I think they blew it. That tends to make you suspicious off the bat <coughs> if they're basing it all on a false narrative. What's up with this? What's the end game yeah. of this crazy thing? Is some is Jay Cortez saying, all right, maybe buying a lever was a mistake, and they're now hoping one of these two gentlemen will say, hey, I'll take a lever off your hands? Or are they putting out the feelers to see who does better and we're going to look to buy that company? Neither of them are going to buy anybody. Neither of um, right. JRE or... Um, uh, Carrillo right. are going to buy anybody. They're not in the acquisition mode. No. Are they acquirable? That Jay Cortez is no doubt is in the acquisition mode. They they acquired that brand. They bought that brand a couple of years ago and did nothing to it in a couple of years and actually passed it off to two competitors, basically putting them both on the map as far as I'm concerned. Yes, everybody knows E.P. Carrillo. JRE, by the way, is a very small brand. I mean, they're building and building as it, as it goes on. We love them. Yeah. But a small brand in consideration of Oliva, bigger than both combined, I would say, right? 100%. Doesn't make any sense to me. <clears throat> so I didn't buy it. I didn't try it. Um, I'm not upset by it. Yeah, and... It would require the history of the brand mm. and the hi- the history of the brand that was a private label for a discount catalog mm. uh, that they sued each other and put each and <laughs> and put them out of business. The catalog put them out of business, basically. And I think ninety five percent of the customers never heard that heard of that brand. Yeah, you know, I, I think those consumers are gone today. May they rest in peace. But I don't think. Anybody got super excited by it? I think it was father and son never spoke again. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not a good story. It doesn't have a happy ending. No. Uh, that I just look at it and say, okay, what's up with this? Who's who? Who's there thinking? What are they doing? I don't know exactly, but uh, uh, maybe I'll try a sample if somebody ever comes around showing it to me. But I stood stood at the booth for a little while waiting. It didn't happen, so uh, I moved on. Next week, don't be afraid of the dark. Dark cigars that are mild, smooth, and sweet, like they're supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. We'll get into that. And uh, we have no Barry next week. I'll be at a wedding. And uh, maybe Mr. Jonathan will be back. But the show must go on. So one way or the other, we're going to be here. Will you be here? That is the question. See you next week. And remember, put the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.